Welcome to Caveman's Corner. You're here with the caveman and Lucas Weinstein. Hey, Stein. Stein. Weinstein. Sorry. No, you're good. It's the Me Too movement, man. I I get caught on that name. (laughs) It's okay. That's true. Oh, my God. And, of course, he's from here, right? Of all the cities to have lived in. He, of course, he went to UB and started there. Of course. Everyone assumes. Everyone assumes what? That I'm somehow related to him. Are you? Unfortunately, I guess in 2019, I'm lucky to say I'm not related to Harvey Weinstein. I will say that like probably about a decade ago, before anyone knew what he was doing, that it would probably be a cool thing to say, but thank God I never like lied and told people I was. Yeah, that would be a, a horrible thing. Yeah. So, man, I don't know too much about you. We, we sat downstairs and we talked for a couple minutes, um, but I, I kind of brought you in a little bit cold. I know that you do jiu-jitsu in your blue belt. This is true. And that you just competed in a tournament. You look pretty good. I, I did okay. Had Mr. Weiser in a Kimura. That's the last thing I remember seeing. I barely remember it. <laughs> so um, I'm a big proponent for unions. I'm actually the union steward where I work. And if anyone doesn't know, you stood up to get a union to spot coffee and you were fired. And a, a bunch of other people were fired. And there's a protest outside. And eventually... They hired some of the people back. You didn't get hired back. But I want to hear the story in your own words. Sure. Besides for some caveman um, bullshit <laughs> breakdown. I'm all for caveman bullshit. All right. Um, so I guess I'll start at the beginning. Um, I uh, worked for Spot Coffee for the better part of five years. Uh, if I had still worked there up until this month, it would have been exactly five years. Um, back in the beginning of June, I was the manager of the Williamsville location. Um Spot at this point has about, I think they're up to about 17 locations, but Williamsville was in the first few. I think it was uh, the third store built, but I was there for the last uh, five or so years. Um, back in June, kind of without anybody knowing anything about what was happening, um, we got word in just a news article we saw posted online that Spot Coffee in Rochester, uh, the only location that's in Rochester, um, voted to unionize. And we hadn't heard a single thing about it. We barely knew what that meant. And all of my employees came to me just suddenly asking me, hey, we just saw that this happened. What does that mean for us? What does that mean in general? And I knew absolutely no information to give them. Uh, And then just kind of randomly, and I was going to like look into it like i tried my best to but there wasn't too much information like accessible can, can i stop you for a second oh, I, yeah, got, go, go, go. I already got my first question oh please please so, go i hope i have an answer is uh spot coffee like a a, a chain or is it owned okay. by one independent owner so uh that is uh information that has more come to light in the public lately um spot coffee originally was started by a buffalo couple um they opened the first i think four maybe five of them when they were still in ownership uh, then back in about 2000, this was in uh, the late 90s, I believe, is when they opened their first one. And then somewhere around the mid, like I think like 2004, 2005, I think they got into some financial problems and were looking to sell it. And they were bought out by a corp, like kind of like a conglomerate in uh, based in Toronto. Uh, it's called Lorenzo. The last name of the family is Lorenzo. Uh, and he's the chairman. Fertitta? Yeah, you would think, right? No, I wish it was Lorenzo Fertitta. That would make him a lot more interesting of a person than this guy. Although, I won't say he's not interesting. He's just kind of a bit schmucky, but such is life. Um, he So he is the chairman of the board um, of Spa Coffee, but he was made his money in, I believe, mainly in oil, living in, like, Toronto. Uh, older dude. At this point, I think he probably... 
I got to say 70s or so, um, he appointed his nephew, his name's Anton, uh, <laughs> as like the guy who's going to like, hey, Anton, here, run this for me. And to I guess to their credit, they built it more and more to the point now that there's like about 17 stores. But they're are not they all a, they, located in this area. Uh, so most of them are in this area. Uh, at this point now, there's the one in Rochester. They have one in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, they used to have one in Toronto, um, closed it. They used to have one in Florida, closed it. Uh, there's one in Saratoga. There's one in uh, Glens Falls. And then the rest of them are all in like the Buff- Buffalo and the Southtown. So it's just, uh, they're opening another one. They, they have them, they're putting them in tops now. Mm-hmm. There's one that's going to be opening in Tonawanda. I'm not trying to do like PR for them. <laughs> I'm realizing that this is like, I'm trust me, I'm not trying to tell you, hey, you guys should definitely go. But uh, no, they're, they're still somehow growing despite, besides the point. So no, they are, they are a chain. They were originally uh, a Buffalo-based chain, um, and locationally, I guess they still are. They still call themselves Buffalo's Neighborhood Cafe, but uh, they're very much owned by a Canadian organization. So, is there separate owners? Do they own everyone? They started franchising them out. At this point, I think there's probably about three or four that are franchises. They they do the... I'm not trying to... I'm by no means the right mind to be talking about, like, the legal <laughs> side of things and, like, how te- like their taxation and all that works. But they kind of seem to... They go back and forth between having franchises and being corporate stores because a lot of times people will buy in for the franchise. And it's happened a few times now where they're like, mm, I don't think this is going to work and then sell it back to them. Right, because if they're separate franchises, they can probably get around being union Correct. in some and not in some others. That's kind of where I was going with my questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. And that was like a bit of like a stumbling block that when we first started looking into like how we were going to go about unionizing – what, it was something that we had to look into because we didn't know if we were going to be able to. Or, and luckily they were, but you can't, it's weird, you can't really, you have to do it either as like a whole or it doesn't work as much as if you have like a bunch of individual like places unionized because then what are you really fighting for? Right. Yeah. But, um, okay, so back, I guess the story, right? Uh, so Rochester unionizes, um, people come to me wondering what's up. Uh, I don't have any answers. And somehow within like the same few days of people starting to ask and the news coming out, I got wind from someone who worked at another store, a friend of mine who worked at the Hurdle location and at the Elmwood location that their roommates, um, that the person who helped organize Rochester, the union, it's called Workers United. Um, we're going to come with one of the people who unionized at the Rochester store for like an information meeting. And here's, here's, let me preface Everything that comes out now was saying that up until the day I heard that Rochester had unionized, I knew jack all about unions. It was not something that was in my eyeline. I have, I was pro-union. I was pro the idea that, like, workers should have the right to organize and, like, at the very least, like, should be treated fairly. But I didn't know that that necessarily was, like, what ne- unions were all about. I've since found out that it's in my bloodline because my grandfather on my mom's side, my mom's side is all from Buffalo. He was like Cheektawaga, born and raised, as was my mom. He was a steel worker. He was the, uh, what's it called? The um, the steward for his like union, uh, for like the his, steward, yeah. Like, yeah, for his like steel shop. Um, and, um, but I really didn't know much about it. And if anything, this last few months has really been an education for me. <laughs> but um, so they, there's an information meeting that's going to be held. And I was like, oh, perfect. Now I'll have something that I can tell my employees. This is amazing. <laughs> like it just like happened to be. So I go to this meeting. Uh, everyone goes, and goes around introducing themselves. And uh, 
they get to me and I tell them, hey, what's up? I'm Lucas. I'm the manager of the Williamsville location. And this like look comes over like the people who's come face like, oh, you're a manager. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, oh, and you're here just like, why are you here? And I was like, oh, because I'm supportive of like everybody being treated fairly. It seems great. Like, why wouldn't I want that? And they were like, oh, well, that's great of you. But just so you know, like you're a manager, you can't really be a part of the union. Like, we're super happy that you're here and being supportive. Obviously, you're in your heart's in the right place, but you know, you can't be a part of it. And I was like, well, I guess that sucks, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm still supportive of it. And they were like, okay. Um, they just told me that you probably like, you shouldn't like say too much to like your like higher ups just because like they don't, you don't want them to like get nervous about you. And I was like, that's fine. I won't talk too much about it. I don't want to like screw anything up for you guys. So, cut to um, about a week or two later. Um, and my COO comes to me. My COO is my, I was the manager of the store. He's who I report to on like a weekly basis. Let's call it. Um, he's my boss. Uh, he came to me, to my store just to like drop something off for uh, me. And I got another question. Oh, please. Because uh, like if I'm thinking it, probably everyone listening is thinking it too. Um, are you the only like manager or are you the head manager or at the Williamsville location? I was the number one. I was the manager. I had an assistant. I had a kitchen manager. And then supervisors, but at that store, I was the manager. Okay, cool. All yeah, right. yeah, that's that was my question. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. As far as I can tell, like the whole thing is that like people who have hiring and firing power are people that can't be a part of the union. Because like when they were, I'm skipping around probably, but when like the whole like negotiation part came for like when the vote, there was a whole big to do about like, hey, can the assistant manager vote? Can the kitchen manager vote? But managers are just next. So, um, so yeah, cut to. Um, maybe two weeks after the meeting, uh, COO is dropping something off for me and he just says to me like kind of casually like, hey, you hear about this like meeting that like happened? This like whatever, like the people unionized in Rochester like came to like Buffalo. And I was like, it's weird. I That's uh, news to me. I just, I didn't, I wasn't trying to like name names. I wasn't trying to like tell anybody anything because as far as I could tell, the less he knew about it, the better because Rochester was able to do it in like the still of night without anybody realizing it. I didn't want to screw anything up. So I was like, I really don't know anything about it. And then cut to later that week, uh, I get a call from him on my day off and he's like, hey, so there are people from your store that were at this meeting. Mind you, it was myself at the meeting, uh, a coworker at my store, one of my employees, uh, and then the two guys that hosted it, and then two other people from each of their stores. So there was a very small meeting. But he says, so there was, like, people from your store with this meeting. Who was it? And I was like, that's news to me, man. I have no idea. And he goes, all right, it was your day off. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, all right, well, I guess I won't keep you. This was a Friday. Um, I was off that Friday and Saturday. Uh, probably had something going on. But I was off that Friday and Saturday. My next shift was Sunday morning. Sunday morning, I get to the store a little early before we open up just to set up as you do at a coffee shop and work any food service place. Um, about five minutes before we open, I'm turning around and suddenly my COO is standing in front of me and I'm just in back. I was like throwing something into the, through the dishwasher. And I turn around, I'm like, oh, whoa, what's up, man? What are you doing here? He goes, here to talk to you. And I was like, oh, okay, what's up? In my mind, I'm thinking like he's just dropping something else off or like, who the hell knows? Why is this guy in my store five minutes before we open on a Sunday? So he goes, come talk to me. And again, empty cafe other than myself and like my cashier that was there that morning uh, sits me down at a table in the cafe. And I go, what's up? And he goes, I'll just tell you, like try and say word for word exactly what he said because it's crazy. He goes, well, I just uh, I wanted to do this in person. Didn't want to have to do it over the phone. But I just want to let you know 
that uh, we were talking about it, and we're going to go in a different direction with the cafe, and we're going to be letting you go. And I said, excuse me? Because, again, I was... <laughs> Again, I think back to that moment. I was just kind of like, I, I had a feeling something was wrong. You don't often get sat down in like an empty cafe by your COO. <laughs> I'm like, why am I going to sit in like a complete, like if he had something, he would have just said it to me. But either way. Um, so I'm just kind of like, huh. So why am I getting fired? I asked him and he goes, well, so we're just like I said, we're going in a different direction. And I was like, all right, but like I didn't do anything like wrong. Like what do you, what, what am I, what am I gauging here? Can I like stay on in some other role? Like, or am I, and he goes, nope. And he goes, just going in a different direction. And he says, go, I'm sure you have your stuff here. Go and grab your stuff. Turn in your key on your way out. And I was like, at that point, I mean, I wasn't, it was pretty clear I wasn't going to get anything from him informationally. <laughs> so, uh, and, I, and in my head, I should say, after that phone call that he gave me on my day off, I called the other employee that I was working, that I was at, like, the meeting with me. Just like, hey, I don't know how he knows this, but somehow he knows that, there were people at the meeting from our store and I'm pretty confident he knows it was me. Cause I don't know why else he would pestering and told him, so be careful. Cause I didn't tell him who was there. Cause I'm not trying to like throw you guys. Like I'm not trying to like get anybody in trouble for this, but just so y'all know, be on the lookout. So I get fired that Sunday. I'm trying to, I let the, I, the main person that I've been dealing with throughout all of this, that's been helping us out this whole time at workers United, his name is Richard Bensinger. I couldn't say enough good things and how like incredibly warm and helpful and like much this guy has fought for me and for everyone else. But he really has fought tooth and nail for me more than a lot of people. I've had people in my corner my whole life. I'm very lucky for that fact. But this guy just in the last three months after having never known me a day in my life has gone to bat for me like no one I've met. It's crazy. But Richard Bensinger, I call him, I let him know. He says, okay, well, something's probably up. Two days after I get let go, the two people who hosted the meeting, a guy named Phil and someone named Phoenix, um, both their work at independent spots. One was at Elmwood and one was at Hurdle. Both of their managers got phone calls from the COO saying, whatever you have to do, do. But both Phil and Phoenix cut them, fire them. Get him out of there today. And he didn't tell them necessarily why, but there's <laughs> the writing was on the wall as to why. So at this point, the three of us have been fired. So word of both myself, Phil, and Phoenix's firings travels very quickly through, at the very least, the three stores from which we were all fired. And everyone gets, understandably so, pretty worked up. Um, so uh, did the union stand up for you guys at all at that point? Were they in communication? Workers with United. You? Yeah. The sec I, <laughs> I when I got let go, mind you, again it was about at this point. By the time I like left the store, it was about maybe like seven ten in the morning on a Sunday. I hadn't slept much. I'd gone out the night before. I was just go. <laughs> I was just going in for a shift. And I was like, it's gonna be a rough Sunday, but we're gonna make it happen. So at this point, it's seven ten. I'm shell shocked. And I've call, I, at this point, I've just sitting in the parking lot. I called my mom, my dad, because <laughs> <laughs> at this point, I'm like, well, I don't really know who to talk to. My girlfriend's asleep at home. I'm not trying to wake her up. But at the very least, I can call my parents. And then I called Richard and I let him know what had happened. So he was in contact with me the whole time. 
Workers United was over the course of those next few months up until the unionization, incredibly like I talked to people on a, it's crazy. I got let go from a job that I was working about 50 hours a week and it was a weird time, but I was, I was moving a lot. Like I was in constant communication with like everyone who was helping to unionize. I was at that point, I mean, this will come along, but I was very much, I felt very wronged. <laughs> like I, I put a lot of time and hours into this place and just a lot of time and hours into a place and did pretty well. Worked my way up from being just a grunt who got hired on their first day to being the manager of a store, which, I mean, I've worked in coffee for, I'm 28. I started at Starbucks when I was 16 going on 17. I've worked in coffee for 11 years. It was my first time working my way up to being like a, a manager, like someone who like did payroll, who made schedules. So like I put a lot of so being let go after confirmedly knowing that I was let go for I mean I don't know if I cursed but very much bullshit. Um, you cursed. Okay, this cool, is cool. Corner, I, I know, bro. I, I I don't even know if she, the ones I've listened to I don't know if I've actually recognized people cursing. But either way, yeah, it was some bullshit. Um, I was very much well. Let's fucking make them make it count for something. Let's make it like not just that I got let go and I just kind of like tucked my tail between my legs and went away, but. Either way, so let's just say the words travel fast of us three getting fired. Um, I was in constant contact with all of the people at my store because I, as a manager, maybe a lot of managers aren't friends with my staff. My staff are some of my best friends. I've worked with a lot of those people for like five years. They've become very close with me. And all, everyone was very upset when I got let go. So I was constantly talking to people, just trying to figure out maybe if I could get some – I don't know if I – if I found out what I got fired for, I didn't know if it would like give me peace or anything, but I wanted to know what it was because it, up until then, he didn't tell me it was because I like went to a union meeting. He didn't tell me at that point that it was because like I hadn't told him who it was that was at the meeting. Were so, you suspecting that or? Was I, it, like, I had it. Yeah, sure? I was. I mean, I called I called him like Dave, my, my, my coworker who was at the meeting. I called him after that second call because. I was I was on my way to a friend of mine's like graduation and I was just like I like was driving felt like this weird pit in my stomach when he asked me again cuz again I it, a lie by omission is in a way still a lie but in my mind I wasn't like I just I wasn't gonna I knew full well that if I had told him who was at that meeting like it wasn't like he was going to sit him down for a cup of coffee and like air their grievances he was going to fucking ax him like <laughs> it's I I've that I feel like that story is like something that happens constantly throughout like labor disputes like people find out it's a witch hunt and people get axed before like they because a that's company, the history of unions it's that's the history of labor unions. Day. People, <laughs> and, yeah i know go figure and of course labor day happens around like when all this is going through like i think we unionized like maybe what uh like a week or two after labor day it was a very it was a very fitting timing but either way yes so yeah i very much had a feeling like that the reason he was asking me is cuz heads were going to start rolling cuz i know full well that he wasn't happy and no one in the company like from a upper management standpoint was happy that rochester had unionized but the fact that rochester is an hour away from any sense of corporate makes it a lot easier for them to like meet and like discuss and like have a plan without like the company knowing but Besides the point. So I got another question. Yeah, because go. The, the timelines uh, bounce around a little bit because sure. you're you're going back and forth. How long was it between your coworkers being fired and you being fired? Two days. Two days. Okay. So yeah. So was exactly. a, a little bit of downtime for you to call the other person. Yeah. Because yeah, I was on like listening no, no, earlier on, it was hard to tell yeah, if it I, was like the same day I like later around. on. But, so okay, two in, days. In those two days, 
before the other two had even gotten fired, they were very much doing damage control at my store because they knew they, in their minds, they thought potentially that if I got let go and they were going to do what they did, that people were going to just start not showing up because they've done this in the past, not based off of any union threat or anything like that, but they've like canned managers and then like people haven't shown up Mm -hmm. because it's like people like go figure people like actually enjoy like the like and appreciate the people that they work with they become friends and go you know what i mean but either way um so i'm basically trying to figure out in these two days like what it was i got fired like because the coo was at the store like for the next like two days doing damage control with people and trying to gauge like Am I going to have to like massively hire people because like people are just going to start quitting? And to everyone's credit, it was very clear that what they wanted in a way was for people to like leave. They knew that if people started leaving, the people that were going to be leaving were going to be people that were going to want to unionize, if that makes any sense. Right. Like the people who were going to like quit are going to be the ones who are most upset. But I, Richard, and was in contact with other spot workers. Um, and making sure that they knew that, like, don't quit. It's what they want. They know people are going to quit. Like, because he's been an organizer. He worked for United Auto Workers, like, right. as, like, a union organizer before he started working with Workers United. He's been doing this for, like, something like, he's been, like, in union organizing for something like 40 years. He's a vet at this point, which is why I've followed, like, everything he's told me to do. Because, like, I don't know jack all about any of this so why wouldn't i listen to someone it's the same as jujitsu right you use a little black belts so he was, yeah. he's very much got his black belt in uh, union organization so what basically i find out is that my assistant manager one of my best friends uh confronts the coo in the next day why'd you fire him and he said we were going in another direction and she said no like if i'm gonna like help run this place because obviously she was gonna move up to manager that's what they wanted she was going to be like, no, if I'm going to like run this place, I need to know like what it was he got fired for. And he says to her, and he's now said it to multiple people, but he says a day later, well, I gave him two chances to be honest with me about something. He wasn't. And so I don't feel like I can work with him anymore. So he he's a he's a hothead, and which is a gentle way of phrasing what I want to. And he... Uh, He's a dick. So, like, he's going to, like, just kind of, like, fly off at the mouth, which is to his detriment. And I'm sure that's gotten him in trouble in the past. But, like, he just, I'm sure his lawyers hate him for that reason. Um, but so he just admitted a day after the fact that it was because I wouldn't name names, essentially. Um, Do you so, say that exactly like that? Or did he say that it was because you lied to him still? He said it was because I lied to him. Right. But, I mean, that if, I mean, a lot of this is, like, I guess you have to use, it doesn't take like a lot of intuition, but I guess you do have to use like some, but I got let go a day after that. He said, it's cause I gave him two chances with me to be honest about something. And then a day after that, the other two got let go. So, but either way. Um, so from that point there, um, the meetings um, with Richard and with Corey, who's the one who helped form the Rochester union at spot um, became more frequent Um Protests outside of spot coffees became more, I guess, we probably in the course of um, from like the beginning of July until like the end of August when like the union vote finally happened. We probably had about a dozen protests. The first one was 
outside of my store because they wanted to like hit where it happened first. But then we hit, there was a protest outside of the one out on transit. There was multiple outside of my store in Williamsville. There was multiple outside of the Elmwood one that we had a giant press conference at one point at one in front of Delaware where myself, there was, there was a congressman there. There was like a state senator there. there was, my union actually sent people to support you as well. There was such an incredible turnout. I'm. We know what I've learned a lot about unions is that unions are solidarity, people, brother. Solidarity forever. <laughs> God, solidarity forever. I love that song. I thought. I thought it. I was like. I've started hearing that song at every protest. People were just bringing their guitars. People were bringing out like their vuvuzelas. People were like bringing out like air horns. Buffalo, get up, get down. Buffalo's a union town, you know? Like there's so much union strength in this town. It's out of control. And they and everyone made me feel and Phil and Phoenix feel so supported. Like everyone's support honestly like let us all like probably feel as comfortable as we were on all of our first like outings into like the union world be as comfortable as we were just like speaking our truths and all that jazz but who knows so protests happen um we start like an online petition um uh, where when in, did the news get involved the news got involved after the we basically i think workers united sent out um something like of a press release um, about maybe a, I want to say the week after all of the firings, they wanted to like get to, they filed charges for, well, that, I should get to that point. After Phil and Phoenix got fired, they filed charges with the National Labor Relations Board right away for all three of us. Because in their mind, it was very it's obvious. definitely an NLRB violation for sure. Absolutely. I definitely work with the union. I was about to read this. This is what I was looking up when I was looking down at my phone. Yeah, yeah go. You have the right to organize a union to negotiate with your employer over your terms and conditions of employment. This includes your right to distribute union literature, wear union buttons, T-shirts, other insignia, except in unusual special circumstances, in quotation marks, of <laughs> course. Solicit co-workers to sign union authorization cards and discuss the union with co-workers. Supervisors and managers cannot spy on you. That was you. <laughs> or make it appear they are doing so. Coercively question you, threaten you, or bribe you regarding your union activity or the union activities of your co-workers, which they just did. You cannot be fired, disciplined, demoted, or penalized in any way for engaging in these activities. That's the written letter of the law right here. Very true. They also... So it's very clear that for Phil and Phoenix, neither of whom were manage, like store managers, that what was happened to them was illegal. The thing with me is, and it's what it's the same thing that they told me at the very first information meeting that I went to, which is that managers are not protected by unions. Right. But in their mind, there's they again, people who've been doing it for a long time. In, like, how the law is written, there's this, you know, how, like, it's, like, part A, two, mm-hmm. three, seven, I don't know, article, whatever. Um, they did one, the one thing that they could have done that would make it what they did to me as a manager illegal, apparently they did in the union's mind, where Workers United's mind, which is that you cannot fire a manager if it is being used as an intimidation factor to the employees of said manager. Right. Which is one in a way exactly what happened because they knew full well that if they fired me that they thought that it's kind of like a hydra situation they think they cut off one head they cut off the three heads of the people they thought were most responsible but then of course that's not going to work because then a thousand more heads are going to like sprout out and just like want to unionize that much more so 
again, two months of protests, um, a big news conference, and then a vote. And unfortunately for myself, I wasn't allowed to participate in the vote. But even if we, I hadn't gotten fired, I was never going to get to participate in the vote, right. whole management deal. Um, and there were four stores that were a part of it because part of part of like the nitty gritty side of it, like when we were throughout all the meetings and organization is that you have to have a majority of the people at a store or in whoever it is that's unionizing, it has to be um, an overwhelming majority of the people to vote for it. I think it's like something like 65% of the vote or something like that, but it's not like you, it's not like over 50. It's something more than that. But the more people that are included in it, the harder theoretically it's going to be to get, that percentage of a vote because the more people there's more risk right the big more numbers so we tried to drum up support in as many of the stores that we could um we had a overwhelming majority at my my store williamsville um phoenix's store which was elmwood um phil store which was hurdle and then also at delaware so the four of those stores came together in an attempt to unionize because throughout this whole time there's like the card process where you get people to sign your cards um, like union cards where it says like, yes, I'll support the vote. And then the vote was announced. Um, four stores participated and we won every vote other than I think there was like something like seven people out of 72 or 73 that voted no. But out of everyone else that voted, voted yes. And as of the beginning of September, uh, Spot Coffee, those four stores are the Include if you include the Rochester one in us, Spock Coffee is the second ever barista union in this state in the history of the state, which is really a random thing historically to be like a part of. Like I think there <laughs> there was one in Ithaca and um, which is a place called Gimme Coffee um, in Ithaca that voted to unionize. I believe it was about two years ago that Workers United was also a part of. Believe it or not, um, and then us, and it's. I, it's crazy. Um, I fought tooth and nail for to try and like show that these people that like, in my opinion, just like cowardly, like fired like the three of us that like, I don't know that we weren't going to take it lying down. Um, I don't know. I just it's it's a weird feeling like to get fired for something that like you feel like especially when you know full well that why you got let go was for something you think was doing the right thing you don't kind of you, you would think that that would give you some level of solace like oh at least you did the right thing i was lost as fuck <laughs> i was did not know what to do I'm, I'm a college i graduated college back about three years ago i went to ub i worked in coffee for about 11 years what'd you go graduate in uh i graduated from ub with um a uh uh, Jesus Christ, a BS in psych. So, cause I thought I was going to go to grad school for a clinical and then about with a year left in my degree, I was like, Oh my God, I don't want to fucking do this for the life of me. I don't want to do this, but you get so deep in a degree and it's like, it's, I don't know. It's like the American prerogative is like, Oh, you got to finish college. My dad's a doctor. My mom's a midwife. I have two like medical professional like parents. So it's like, well, at the fucking very least I'm going to finish college. <laughs> Like, I don't think I would have ever heard the end of it from them if I didn't. I'm sure they would have been supportive one way or the other, but, like, I was going to finish school. But, um, yeah, I have a BS in psych from UB. I don't have any much desire to use it. I thought about getting into, like, social work to some degree. My girlfriend's a social worker in Niagara Falls. Um, 
I'd be a, I'd, it's a, it's a field that like needs more men in it, which they constantly, she constantly says to me, you're a guy, you would get hired in a heartbeat. What are you talking about? And I'm just like, I just kind of like working in service. There's something, I, there's something so familiar about working in the service industry that like, I don't want to work a desk job. I can't imagine, like, I'm very much the person who, if I'm like, it's part of why like I like did school this way. I can't sit down for like a long enough period of time without like eventually starting to like drift away. <laughs> If I'm talking and I'm being present, like if I'm being on like one of my coaches' podcasts, I'm probably going to be more present. But like, um, if I'm just like listening to somebody just like drone in a lecture, I'm going to pass out. And if I'm sitting there just trying to do like paperwork, I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> so the service industry works out well for me so far. I think. I mean, I could argue that this worked out well for me the whole spot thing because even though I got fired, I should finish the story in a way. We won the union vote. Um, the NLRB ruled in to that there was a charge of they ruled for Phoenix and Phil um, told Spot that there was an issue and that they needed to correct it. And as of I think last week officially, I think maybe this week they worked their first shifts back. Did they get paid? For they a got off? hell yeah! They got yeah. back pay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they did get back pay. Um, and I'm I couldn't be happier for them because they they fought. Hard as hard, if not probably much harder than me to like for this whole union thing. They're the ones that hosted the info meeting. I, I it, it's very clear they they've wanted this for a long time. We all, I mean, but to be fair, workers deserve to be treated with like dignity and respect. It's crazy, like the times right now, and just like how much people get shit on and every very like so many different career paths people just like have zero respect for. They, there's a reason why, like, this barista union went through. There's a reason why, like, there's, like, all this union talk in this country right now. I don't know if it ever went away that much, but I, I think the service industry is, like, the next big one to, like, get unionized because think about it. I mean, these places, like, think about how many people, like, are working, like, three bartending jobs. Like, people are, like, waiting, like, two nights at one place, like, four nights at another, just trying to, like, make it, like, to... People are getting, like, the shit under the stick a lot. <laughs> and... I think if like places like were to come together and like be like, hey, what you just des- you think that we deserve to get treated fairly? Oh my god, so do I. And then it's like make something happen, you know? You know, we uh we just got our union in um five years ago four years ago now. Nice. Uh where I work, OSC, and uh I was one of the people that ne- negotiated the initial contract with uh my union. And the thing I would say is if you want to get a union, man, it's so hard to get people together. And that's another problem in society I feel today. But the union really is about being uh, having solidarity. And uh, we almost went on strike, but we didn't have enough union support like in our building hmm. for people to, to stand up for what they really thought they were worth. I mean, people bitch about it. But when it comes down to the time where you need to stand up for yourself, and it's like, well, look, here's what's going to happen. If we say no to the contract, we're going to go on strike. And if we go on strike, everything goes back to the drawing board. So um, I have a lot of respect for the um, the auto workers that have been on strike for 31 days. And uh, it looks like that they're going to get their union uh, contract ratified right now. Really? Um, they came to uh, initial agreement, but that hasn't passed through anything yet. Um, it's still got to go through the union. and So many down. hoops. Yeah. Well, here's the thing dealing with the contract, man. People, they have 
So you sit down with your union, uh, the union representatives, and you guys come up with what they're going to ask for. And then we walked in, and our our union, our our negotiator for the shot to work at is like, here's our offer, final deal. And it was like nothing. It was like absolutely the same contract as we had after like a great year, you know. And like when you're negotiating with um, a corporation or an entity, that's what you're dealing with. Yeah. So like the like it's so hard because it's so hard to be honest. Because you're always worried about people going back and telling management what's going on. So, like, you sitting in that meeting, probably all those union guys are probably like, what the fuck is this guy doing in here? I know. We want to get him out of here, you know? I know. They, they told me that, like, I asked them, like, right when they found out I was a manager, they, like, said, oh, do you just so you know, like, you probably, like, shouldn't, shouldn't in theory be here. And I was like, oh, that's fine. Like, I can go. Like, I just want you guys to know. Like, I, And they were like, no, you don't have to go, honestly. They were like, if you want to stay, you can stay. You're obviously on the right side of things. Mm -hmm. Like, you wouldn't be here if you weren't. And I was like, okay. And and the rest is history. The rest was just... It's been a real... It has been one of the weirdest few months of my life. I've, I mean... I you wouldn't call kinda it. Kind of got a, a little bit of infamy from it. Like I've known a lot the, of people know your name in yeah. the union uh, circles, at least. It's and and it came from, and I try and be as honest with people as I can. Again, before I in June when we found out that that store unionized, the only thing I I didn't know anything about. It's never been something that like I guess because I've worked exclusively pretty much since I was sixteen in the service industry. And no one in the service industry rarely is unionized. It's probably why I haven't really ever had much, like, experience, at the very least, experience with it. I have really never, like, sought it out as information. Um, but, but yeah, it's crazy. People people very much, like, I have people, like, reckon, it's weird. Pe- working at this new coffee shop I'm at now, I know that's probably what we were going to get to, but working at this new coffee shop now, people come in and, like, say, like, I'm so glad that you found a place. Like, I'm so glad that you're here. Like, oh, my God, you've obviously, you're doing so well. And then, like, we've seen, like, and people, I, somebody bought me a sandwich at the Pink the other day. Like, I was out just drinking, and, like, somebody, one of the bartenders was, like, Lucas, right? And I had no fucking clue who this guy was. And I'm, like, yeah, and he goes, he just, and he literally just goes, Union Strong, brother. And then he goes, and I was, like, what are you getting? And I was, like, I was just going to get, like, a steak sandwich. And he goes, it's on me. And yeah. I just go. Sick. Also, let me just give a shout out to the pink. Really is the best steak sandwich in Buffalo. <laughs> Where's the pink? The pink's on Allen. It's like one it's like the dive bar on Allen. But okay. you would never think you walk into this place and you never ever think that like you should eat any food that comes out of any kitchen involved <laughs> with this place. But for whatever reason, that sandwich lives on an infamy. It's cause unlike it's not like a shaved, it's a big fucking steak on like a hoagie roll. It's just like with sometimes they'll put onions and peppers on it if you want, or like they'll probably do something, but it looks on a grill that looks like it hasn't been cleaned in like fucking twenty years, thirty years. But that's not usually how our plugs go, by the way. Usually we say the kitchen is flawless. Yeah. So if you're looking to sponsor Caveman's Corner, this is unpaid advertising. <laughs> All right. Well, sorry about that. Well, luckily it was just, I guess it sounds like a mixed review, but I'm telling you, you'll be happy with the sandwich. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but yeah, people, it is a weird level of infamy. It's a really weird thing to be noticed, for, like known for. Like my, if you Google my name, like, like you put the quotation marks around my name, like, and go to the news, that's what pops up, which is leads me to 
a whole nother aspect of things, which is like in my head, I'm like, well, fuck, they really just kind of screwed up my resume because <laughs> like I was like, what am I going to do? Like I worked my way. I've been here for five years. What am I going to say is people are going to ask me like it's everyone knows it's a lot easier to get a job when you already have a job. You know what I mean? It's easy to like it's a lot easier to find like a new gig if you're at least currently employed. Or at least so has been my experience. But they put like this weird abrupt ending to it. And I'm like, well, this is going to be a whole kind of conversation with people when people ask me what happened at my last job and why I'm no longer with them. Uh, this is going to go into some of my other questions. But did you ever worry that you were going to get labeled as a troublemaker when the, all I, the information came out? Like you're a union starter, man. We don't want you in at our place. Did you ever worry about that? No. And honestly, it speaks more to my level of like in- probably intelligence or like just not necessarily being a bit of an airhead. But uh, yeah, no, I didn't think about it at all. I just <laughs> it was I could say that like an aspect of my life that like is just prevalent and been a thing for a long time is i'm not really like thinking too much about the next step i'm just kind of like kind of like going with wherever like the wind takes me in a lot of ways just like i didn't think about it once but yeah i'm lucky that like this current gig i got like right i i'm lucky i went on i was on unemployment for a month and a half something that i'd first of all Never had to, never thought of any situation in my life where I was ever going to have to like apply did, for unemployment. <laughs> did Spot Coffee fight your unemployment? No, luck, luckily they did not. That would have been, it would be, I don't know why they would have. It would have been a pretty bad look for them if like they were just like on top of like firing me for like union organizing that they would then be like, and also we're not going to pay into that. <laughs> like, oh, cool. He but abandoned no. his job by lying to us. Yeah, it was well, job abandonment. He doesn't get unemployment. Yeah, no, luckily they didn't fight it. Luckily, I... You're lucky it's not the 20s. <laughs> I am lucky it's not the 20s. Uh, in a weird way, I forget. That is luck, because honestly, they could have fought it, right? And then right. I would have been like... For sure. I mean, luckily, I I was able to put like at least some away over like the years, but like still, yeah, I would that would have quickly drained if I wasn't getting... I mean unemployment isn't a lot and don't like it's not like some like the whole idea like and like when people like talk about like oh these people are like just taking unemployment like they're just like ne'er-do-wells who just are taking a check it's like it's not easy to survive on just unemployment i don't know what you guys are talking about as someone who was on it luck i mean luckily i'm not trying to like paint some case like i'm like someone who's regularly on unemployment like i don't know what it's really like i'm just like some dude from buffalo but it's not a lot. People don't like aren't like living the lap of luxury like on unemployment. They're not like bathing in some like oh look at this robe I got like with my unemployment check for like a hundred and like eighty dollars like this week. To be fair, um, it kind of depends on your situation because oh yeah no I'm sure when I was on unemployment I actually made more than when I was working. Bro, that's like the other thing. Like, <laughs> if I wanted to, it's not like, a, it's not nothing. And you are, in theory, right. like getting it for not having to, like, you're not, it's not like you have to do anything. But like, here's the thing, like, because it's like, also, uh, that's sad about, out, yeah. that's sad about that, that you were making more from that I was, than the gig. Because of special circumstances, though, because my child support got reduced. You don't have to pay taxes. Well, because Obama was in, it was when all the, the stuff was going on, mm-hmm. and they eliminated the taxes on unemployment. So I was actually, taking home four or five a week and my child support was so much less because of what my gross went down so much mm-hmm. that I was actually taking home more uh, cash on unemployment than I was working uh, with well, everything that happened. That's wild. But yeah. I mean, I mean, cool. I mean, I mean right. it's like probably better make a week. What do you make? A, 
Well, it's like add a chicken shit, add a chicken salad, add a chicken shit, yeah, <laughs> whatever I mean, that expression is. And I got to train all the time, dude. It was like probably Bro, the best that's, that is what like <laughs> that is straight up the best, probably the best thing that like I can say about all having that like month and a half on unemployment is that I was training like five times a week. I was like, this is a. Ama- I mean, I'm going to say it's I mean, yeah, it wasn't a great time, but like at least I got to train a lot. Right. I mean, you have to you have to make what it is, but you still it's so easy to let the depression come in when you're not working, too, because. You just don't feel like you feel like you need to do something, you know, to earn money. I At mean, least I did. Yeah. Yes. I also, that place, say, like, say what you want about upper management. I never had a great working, re- I mean, I had an okay relationship with, like, my bosses. But, like, at the same time, that place was my home for, like, five years. You spend, like, I was spending, like, 50 hours a week there. Like, I already have terrible sleeping habits. Like, but I was spending, like, 50 hours a week there for five years. And those people, like, they weren't just, like, my coworkers. There's, they were and continue to be my family because I still see all, most of them, like, frequently, like, weekly. So, like, they're, like, my family. And to have, like, it would be one thing if I was, like, showing up, like, late all the time or I was, like, fucking around or, like, I was, like, stealing or something, like, something that I could take, like, respond, like, later on in life, be like, oh, it was my fault this whole time. But, like, <laughs> um, but, like, no, it was, like, when you have, like, your home and your family felt like it was taken away from me for literally doing the right thing for some bullshit that they didn't need to do, you're left feeling really really bad (laughs) it was a very bad feeling and yeah helping to organize and helping this place unionize and now finding another gig i've i feel better i feel good but like at the same time like that month and a half sure i was getting the train sure i was probably on a better sleep schedule but i felt pretty shitty (laughs) yeah of course you do and um you did you worry about any time while you're looking for a job about uh being labeled as a, a union organizer I, a little bit. I mean, I thought about it. I was like, yeah. well, this is going to be weird. But I mean, I straight up, I, it was weird. I, my girlfriend and I had, uh, tickets already, like plane tickets for a vacation that we were taking in the middle of August. And I got let go right at the end of June. So I kind of took it like, as like, I don't not like a vacation is obviously the wrong word, but in my head I was like, well, I'm going to take a few weeks and just kind of like try and figure out what I'm going to do. And then when I get back from this, because I'm not non-refundable tickets and I'm not going to fuck up my girlfriend's vacation. She's still got a job that like, she was probably going to want to take a vacation from. Um, so I'm going to probably not be able to find a gig before then. So I'm just going to, I guess, do the unemployment thing and then hit the ground running uh, when I get back from this. So somehow it, we were sitting in the airport in, I think we were somewhere in North Carolina for layover. We went to Florida, but um, she shows me this thing on Facebook that, um, a place called Public Espresso, which is in the Hotel Lafayette, is opening up a second location and they're doing in South Buffalo and they're doing like open interviews and they're hiring a GM for it. And I was like, and it was, this was, I think on like a, a Tuesday that we were flying back and it was on a Wednesday then <laughs> that like the interviews were. And I was like, well, I mean, I might as well go for it. Like what's the harm, right? Uh, so I got home, we got home at like probably like two or 3 p.m., updated my resume, got it like printed out. Because uh, you don't know, update. I'm not someone who updates their resume. Like, hmm, let me add like this like partner of the month or whatever to it. Like, <laughs> I, I haven't touched that resume since I started at Spot. Right. Um, so I updated my resume. I get it printed, and I show up for this interview. It's at this beautiful like South Buffalo is a weird place. I don't go to South Buffalo a lot. My mom actually. The only reason I've ever really been to South Buffalo is going to Mercy Hospital to visit my mom. Because my mom runs labor, or she actually just retired. So she used to run labor and delivery at Mercy Hospital. Um, so, 
But South Buffalo is an odd place. I don't go there too often, but I went there. I sh- I show up uh, to like this beautiful space like that's like you're going through like oh this is an odd town like seems like a little like destitute here and there and then suddenly this like glowing like sticks out like a sore thumb like strip of stores i see public espresso and i'm like i guess i'm here i interviewed for it seemed to go well i met with the two owners and the gm of the lafayette location and i was like well it seemed like it went well i know i talked to him for like an hour funny enough (laughs) i guess this speaks to like what you just asked me Within like the first 10 minutes of them looking at my resume and talking to me, they asked me if I was like this, one of the recent departees of Spot yeah. Coffee. And then I started basically telling them an, a more abridged version of the story I just told you. And then I had about like a probably like a 40 minute conversation with them. And then lo and behold, I got like a call a week later, got the gig, and I've been there since. And Today is day three of Wednesday of Wednesday. The 16th of October is day three of public espresso and coffee south buffalo so i don't know i put it i i was a weird time i i put in one application i went on one interview and i got the gig so it it seems like it went pretty well like it's a decent way to land on your feet i wasn't like out like out on my luck not getting any gigs because like of this like unionization thing i think in a weird way it almost did the exact opposite and it was more of a it looks maybe like makes me look more in a positive light which don't get me wrong. I was having on and off like heart attacks like throughout like th- like those like month and a half of thinking like fuck man like I don't even know what I want to do. I don't know if anyone's gonna want to hire me. Why would someone like if it seems like well, if this guy's if they Google my name I'm, I assume I've never like Googled like someone who I've been interviewing's name because I'm never thinking that like oh man I can't hire this guy for a barista gig. He's a killer or something. <laughs> <laughs> Shucks. No, it's like. Um, I just I just figure that if anyone's trying to hire me for like a management gig, maybe they will Google me and that's for sure going to come up and maybe they don't want to keep it. But luckily, the guys at Public Espresso were either either liked the fact that I was like pro workers rights or like were willing to give me a shot because like other than getting like kicked out for some like obvious bullshit i have a pretty decent track record with like longevity at companies i mean i was at starbucks for six years and i was at spot for five so it's obviously i can make my i can like make it work in a place for a while so but yeah so day three and it's honestly it's going great we're 2178 seneca street um in south buffalo we're right attached to the shays banquet hall and it's honestly i know it's pretty fucking fancy dude if you guys have like your idea of what south buffalo is this this strip of stores uh that is in the corner of casanovia and seneca street in south buffalo is it's it's like in a very positive way like sticks out like a sore thumb when we've been it's been nice we've had a good line people have We've had the storefront there for apparently like the better part of like this last year. Like they've just been, it's been kind of like a slow push to get everything done and ready. So people have known that we were coming there. I I didn't. I'm not in South Buffalo all the time. (laughs) But uh, people have been like anxiously awaiting our arrival. And so people are happy and stoked to be there. Is it a great date place? Pardon? Is it a great place to take a date? Absolutely. We have plenty of places to take a pretty sweet Instagram pic too. (laughs) So, I, I don't have an Instagram. Uh, I just see what? a... I know, right? You need to be get a labor organizer Instagram going on. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't have enough <laughs> outfits. I feel like, like people on Instagram seem to have like a bunch of outfits. I don't have like that many outfits. We just so. got to do them shirtless, bro. 
Yeah, well, I, there's a reason I'm an ultra heavyweight. I'm not trying. I'm not. I have not once in my life. I'm not you, Gabe, but I've never had to cut weight once in my life. I can't imagine. I'd have to cut off a fucking leg if I was trying to make underneath 215. So, like, well, I don't know. But, yeah, not enough shirtless pics. I me. think you should take a shirtless pic with a cup of coffee from your joint every day. That'll be a new Instagram thing. I hope I, they, I probably, for their sake, shouldn't take it while I'm in the store because I don't know if that's probably some kind of a health code violation. Right, right. Well, not at the store. Maybe at your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe Maybe if, uh, time to go brew some coffee, ladies, <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> right, and if it if it's uh, not working out, good, just take it with spot coffee cup. Yeah, well, <laughs> that'll just be the thing. If I ever like for whatever reason, if I move on from this company, I just end up with whatever company. It's like, why does he just keep picking pictures with different coffee cups? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's so it's it's going well. It's been, but like again, it's October sixteenth. I got let go from spot, but. I honestly let's not even talk about let go from I didn't know what a union really was in like the beginning of June. So it's been like four months and this has been a wild fucking ride. And I've just been I've just been trying to like do right the whole time in a weird way. I've been trying to take care of myself, but also like just like I'm just kinda like going it's the same thing I told you. I'm just kinda like going where the wind takes me. I don't know what the fuck is up. I've been trying to listen to like what Richard is and I should say other people's names at this place that have been like in my corner and killing the game for me and for everyone at spot. Richard Bensinger again. Um there's someone who just who's I think Jazz just turned twenty one. She's um literally a Rhodes Scholar. I didn't know that Rhodes scholars really existed i thought that was just something that they said in movies like oh they're a road scholar but like oh they've got a brain this is how i'm supposed to interpret this character she's literally a road scholar studying england right now she's 21 she's smarter now than most people will be in their entire lives somehow jazz brizak she's incredibly helpful gary bonadonna uh dick lipsitz who's a local union organizer who just helped come in and he's i don't know everyone's just been i can't shout out these people enough because I know that like unions stick together and solidarity forever, but like as someone who really didn't have any union experience, it's so refreshing to see these people give up so much of their time and like effort and like just passion to like something that I mean, I know it helps them out because a rising tide like raises all ships, but at the same time, like I don't know. It just it it's such a selfless move. Obviously, it helps everyone, but like I don't know. It's just an overwhelming sense of positivity from all of this stuff. And what could have made me feeling left out and like the dirt and just destitute and like not feeling life anymore, I feel like almost like in a weird way, like it was some crazy bullshit that I had to put up with and like go through. But I feel better on the other end of it. That's awesome, man. And I was pretty inspired by it too. Um, I was going through like union labor negotiations when you were going through all that. Um, I was, I was like inspired by your story, man. And I know what it takes to stand up to a big corporation and, and like your ownership and management and that you as a manager did all that is like very inspiring to me. And, um, I really, I wanted to have you on right then and I never got around to it, but I'm glad I ran into you, especially with the, um, the UAW strike going on right now too. Yeah. It's good timing. timing. Yeah, yeah. Great timing. I figure I get the sound and a lot of people listen to it while they're just sitting around on strike, hopefully. Yeah, right. I've solidarity forever to to anybody who's out there striking right now. We all stand with you and 
speak knowledge to power, as they say. And I've been posting all the the stuff about striking, man. People are saying, oh, they're making all this money a week. That's not what they're making a week. That's what they're making a month. There's There's so many scare tactics out there. That's weird. Like, I got, like, a real crash course in, like, union threatening and, like, union organizing. Don't ever listen to people who say that, like, oh, you shouldn't organize. You have to pay union dues. Don't ever listen to that bullshit. They raise your wage enough to cover the union dues. That's literally, like, one of the first fucking things they do in negotiations. Don't listen to that. Don't listen to people who lie about, like, your wages. Just, like, just think about who's telling you things. How about that? Like, there's probably people out there that, like, don't have your best interest at heart. Like, they're not, like, people who bring in, like, an HR manager instead of, like, like you know what I mean? Like, it's just, they're all things so they don't have to pay their people more. <laughs> here's a, here's what our union always talks about. Um, when, before a union started, a rich person used to be able to afford, I think, 23 houses for every one house that their workers could. And then by the 80s, it was like 230 or something like that. And now it's over like 2,000. There's, I, I, I should actually get the real number before I talk all this no. bullshit on the podcast. It's okay. But it's going up and the wage gap is getting bigger and bigger and bigger between corporations and uh, individuals. And for some reason, there's a lot of union resentment throughout um, the public sector, really. You know, a lot of people are angry about unions coming in. I don't know how much you run into that. You Probably you run of into course. it more than me now. Yeah, yeah. I run into a lot of stuff that I wouldn't have run into a couple of months ago. Like, it's amazing. Like, the people, like, just, like, driving by protests. Like, when we're out, we were out on the streets this summer trying to, like, just fight for, like... Spot Coffee, here's a fun fact. Spot Coffee doesn't pay their workers minimum wage. They consider them tipped employees and pay, start them out at $9.30 an hour and then guarantee, like, $3 an hour in tips or something like this. Like, so you get, like, at least minimum. But, like, people aren't tipping like a, you're a tipped employee. You know what I mean? Like, right. people aren't like, oh, I got to tip at least 18%. It's a coffee shop. They're tipped employees. People mm-hmm. drop a buck in there every, like, eight customers. Right. But besides the point. But yeah, there are people that would like seeing us out there trying to fight for like just like a basic rights as an employee who are just like driving by in their Mercedes with a thumbs down, just like boo. It's like, yeah, because somewhere out there, you're probably just taking your bottom line. It's like there are these fat cats who just like want like their bottom line to be okay. That's not even it, man. Like um, even most of the people in the industry I work with, just like regular people like me working next to me, they're, they're against unions, too. And Why do you think? Do you just fear? Like not? It's, I don't think it's fear. I think it's misinformation, and then you see like rewards laziness, but it really doesn't. I mean, it, I guess that, it does to a point. I mean, maybe, but doesn't that just sound like something that they heard and are just like repeating? Like that they don't really know like the exactly like what they're like referencing. It just seems like somewhere along the lines they heard that from someone and be like, yeah, people are lazy. I'm here. Like people like get caught up in themselves and like think like oh yeah i'm here like i'm like i'm working hard why are these people like deserve they don't deserve more than me it's like bro just like talk to like your fellow man that's like working at like a machine next to you or like serving a customer next to you and just like realize you're fighting for the same things like it's so crazy yeah or like oh they make so much money but they make that much money because they're standing up for what they're worth and if they're making that much money, the, the corporation they work for is making even more money. You know, you got to think of where the bottom line ends. And uh, I think we just need to get more together, even people. Yeah. Like, not just people, not- like people in the country. Like, you see it. 
all over the country and it's just getting worse and worse like people over the world yeah really... definitely this country definitely the world i don't i don't know it seems like the wage gap grows like people talk less like social like you know what i mean like it, i don't know it all seems like indicative of something bigger mm-hmm. that there's something like wrong but i don't really know or you have something you want you don't want someone else to get what you got so you don't want everyone to come up on the same level because you think you you're working more and i know my wife has dealt with unions a long time she doesn't like the union because she does feel like it encourages laziness but i think it needs to be a fine line you know it at only... the hospital that's where she works she worked at uh ecmc before okay where she is now okay it's kind of like i don't know it it seems like it is misinformation it seems like it seems that like someone has this notion that like people who like are on unemployment are all lazy or like they just make these like sweeping generalizations that it's really not the case like for every like maybe one person who's like I mean, I've heard that story so many times, too, from, like, people who talk to me. Is that, like, oh, yeah, it just enforces, like, if people just slack off. Like, oh, they're union protected. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's literally what the COO started to talk to me about, like, before I even got fired, when he was just talking to me about Rochester, was just talking about, like, oh, the union's not going to help anything. It's just going to make it harder to get rid of, like, bad seeds. And it's like, nah, dude, like, it's going to maybe do that. But more importantly, it's going to make it so that, like, the good seeds don't get, like, the shit end of the stick all the time. It's going to stop stuff like what happened to you guys. Yeah. It's just, it just seems like misinformation and people trying to spread, like, I don't know. It's the same. I'm not by any means trying to get this into a political discussion. But it's crazy to me that, like, there are so many, like, like poor people in like 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 the the rust belt states that are like so supportive of like people with agendas who care nothing about them it's like somewhere along the lines like how did you get like tricked into the idea that these people like care about you at all i just say it's i don't know i just unions are important people coming together to like fight band together to like fight for to be treated like a human being especially like i mean not especially in the service industry but as speaking as someone who's worked in the service industry for a long time it's amazing like how little certain people will think about like how dare these like coffee shop workers think that they can be treated fairly it's like bro like i'm we're just trying to like make like like people always say like the constantly what we heard throughout like this time was that like unionizing a coffee shop it's just a job for college kids it's not like a career it's just like a college kid job or it's like a high school kid job it's like maybe it could be a career if there weren't so many people that were against the concept of treating them and paying them fairly like maybe people could make a career and like have like set with a union that they're like annual raises and like you could like maybe like like be a coffee shop worker and still like have a family and like you know like like and feel like confident in that fact and not have to like worry about like where the next check is gonna go and be living paycheck to paycheck or something like that I don't know. It's just like it seems just like a lot of bullshit and people not giving like like their fellow man like a fair shake. I don't know. Well, I think it's it's proven out if you just look at it that the rich keep getting richer and the poor and middle class are going are like shrinking down and the wage gap is definitely growing. It's really a problem. And it's going to be a terrible thing in like 15, 20 years when everything's automated. Yeah. Yes. Automation is like a whole nother like threat to the service industry. <laughs> it's true. There are already jobs being lost out to the robots. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm not like I'm not anti-robot. Let me that let that be recorded for like future <laughs> if for future like robot generiza- like generations. Like I am pro robot. I am oh. your friend. Yeah. <laughs> but, me too. Uh, don't kill me. Yeah. Put whoever, me in a nicer battery you uh, are. facility. This isn't so. a smart house, is yeah. it? I don't have to worry about the walls closing in or I something. I do actually have a lot, <laughs> couple of Alexas. So oh no. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully I'm pro robot. Just so everyone knows. But yes. <laughs> um, me too. So when you put me in the matrix, I want to be president. <laughs> Ooh, they're making another Matrix? <laughs> yeah, they are making another I'm Matrix. I'm sure they're making another they Matrix. They are Matrix 4. Bro, Keanu's they're making, in, yeah, they're they're making another Bill yeah. and Ted's with yes. Keanu in it. Dude, he's hot exciting. right now. Hot. Super hot. Because he does jiu-jitsu. John Wick 7. Yeah, yeah, dude. Of course. He's a, he is a lifelong martial artist. Mm-hmm. So is Al Bundy. Al Bundy. Yeah. Black belt. <laughs> I just think that's funny. The guy that always threw his hand in his pants and like unbuttoned the yeah. top button is somehow like lethal on the ground. For sure. I, I <laughs> love that meme where uh, like I forgot who it was. But it was like two dudes and they're standing next to a super tough dude. One of them's Al Bunny. I forgot who the other one is. He's uh, another actor, Black Belt. And then uh, hmm. there's like a super tough actor guy. And like, I bet you Al Bunny and this guy would whoop his ass. Who are their act? What other like famous like non like traditional like martial arts black belts are there? I know the dude from Tool, like the lead singer of Tool, is a black belt. Maynard, Maynard James Keenan, he's a black belt. Rogan, I, Rogan, of course. But I mean, Rogan, Rogan was like also like a Taekwondo <laughs> world like state champion, like when he was like, yeah, a national come champion up. too. Man, he's, he's he was for real, dude. Absolutely, he was for real. But um. <sighs> Well, there's oh guy guy Ritchie that uh, he's a British director. He was married to Madonna for a while. He's a black belt. Is he black belt? He's a black I didn't belt. know that. Yeah, he's a black wow. belt. And now like jujitsu black belt, huh? Jujitsu black belt. Damn. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. He's a bad dude. He's a bad dude. I don't know, but yeah, there's people. Everyone should. This is completely very off. Everyone should do jujitsu. By the way, I'm fuck all of an athlete, but like I've been doing jujitsu for like the last like five years. I love it to death. It's for people who like. I mean, I've always wanted. Well, I don't know. It's I never wanted to outgrow like just like roughhousing with friends. It's a real fucking fun way to do that. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I mean, you're like the you're more you're more well rounded than I am. I don't know how to throw a punch for the life of me. <laughs> I fucking I know how to. Everyone knows I how to get throw a, a punch when it's time to. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm. I can. I would imagine so. I've, I've literally only one time since I started training ever had to like actually like use anything in the street. And I've I hated that day so much because I I you never feel like an. Ad- I thought there was like a big adrenaline dump when I first started competing in jujitsu. There's no bigger adrenaline dump than when you have to do some shit in the street. Yeah, for sure. That's even worse than in, in a cage dump that's oh my god because yeah fucking there's not like cement in a cage yeah. you never know if the guy's gonna stab you or not in a cage you, you know he's not gonna stab yeah, you in that's a cage true. but i mean in real life it's like there's all the stuff you gotta look out for where's his friends the situational awareness again then you can't hurt the guy because you're you know trained and if i never had yeah right if i never had to do anything martial arts related on like in just like the streets i'd be super cool with it it's not something I ever really want to have to do again. I got a super cool story that relates to jiu-jitsu and work. Oh, shit. Uh, I, I started my own gym uh, not too long ago. Uh, integrity Yeah, arts. Integrity uh, on uh, you know Niagara Falls Boulevard and the Meadowbrook Plaza. Make sure you check it out. Shameless plug. But anyways, mm-hmm. I finally got one of the guys from work to come up, and uh, he signed up after he came up. And, you know, like when you're at work, everyone's like, yeah, sure, you can fight, you know. But I got to tap him out. I think I tapped him out nine times in three minutes. So it was pretty fun, dude. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, some of the guys came and watched me fight. But they're like, oh, I was just lucky, you know, when I got that four-second knockout. Fastest but, uh, body like, shot KO yeah. in MMA history. So everyone's like, yeah, oh, that was just lucky. You just hit him. He didn't even hit you back. You know what I mean? So, that, you know, <laughs> like that's what they say. That's like, you know what I mean? how are you going to, like, look at, like, the fact. That's like, of course, someone's going to find a negative in yeah. anything. It's like, well, of course, you didn't even get a chance. Bro, it's the fact. Yeah. 
fastest. <laughs> what are you gonna throw like a shot at one second only for you to finish it in four seconds? Yeah, because people are so stupid. I know, like that people just hate on you sometimes. You know, they're always looking for yeah. for something, and that's haters. That's haters. some of the problem with um unions with the unions. You just gotta, absolutely you gotta stay together, man. What did you think about unions before union? I didn't think of it. I was like, no, I barely knew anything about it. I knew my grandpa had been involved in them in some way or another. But um, other than that, I really, I was, I'm, I'm relatively liberal. Um, I'm supportive of anyone's like fighting for like additional rights if it's like warranted in the situation. So I've always thought like, hell yeah, unions are important. Like, but I had such a cursory understanding. Even now, I have never been through all this stuff. There's still so much that I still don't know. But before this, I had such a cursory understanding. But I'm supportive of people like being treated fairly in general. You can't work in service for as long as I have and not want people to be treated fairly. It definitely shows in the way you handle yourself in this situation, man. And more than anything, I'm really proud to call you teammate. I can't really call you a friend because I honestly don't know you that well yet. That's okay. But hopefully someday we will be friends, man. I really appreciate you coming out. And I appreciate what you did for those people. Even though I don't know them, man, I'm kind of like a bleeding heart myself. And yeah, I really like, uh, obviously I'm a union steward, so I believe in unions. But, man, what you did, it takes a lot of courage. And I wanted to have you on K-Man's Corner because this is usually a podcast about fighting, dude. But there's no more fight than, no more important fight than the, the fight that you just took to the streets man and and you stood up for yourself you stood up for your teammates even though they're co-workers same <laughs> thing really right yeah hell yeah you, you stood up for your teammates and your your gym which was your not you know <laughs> really a gym but it i was love like the metaphor <laughs> yeah but yeah, no, it's, I a mean, good, like, no, it's it's true though i mean they are i mean i look at his teammates i want my teammates to succeed i want them to like be able to go out there and like just have great lives i want my co-workers to do the same thing right and I, in a weird way, I was, God, I was like the coach at that point. You don't want me coaching you. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Maybe that, in a coffee shop, but not but not on a mat. You really don't want me to be there. You probably don't want me coaching either if you know about my life. Jesus Christ. Like, oh, I'm probably the worst coach ever, but, like, I love you guys, no, man. Okay, man. Uh, you kill the game. Are you kidding me? You don't find another 145er out there with the heavier top game than you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the fattest 45er of all time. That's... Nah, dude, you kill the game. <laughs> don't ever say that about yourself. I love taking your classes when I get a chance to. Yeah, but, um. I just want to say I really appreciate what you do, and like I was impressed by it. And it really it, it says a lot about your character, the way that you handled yourself in the situation, and Thank the you. way you're like humor about it now. And even still, you're like looking out for the people. A lot of people would be very bitter with what happened, and dude, you still looked out for your friends, and that I, says a lot about you. I can't not be sarcastic, at least in some capacity. I think it's like the American Jewish prerogative to just be a sarcastic prick all the time. But at the same time, I couldn't appreciate it more. And it was a fucking pleasure to be on this podcast. I would have never, ever thought that I would have been one of the guests on this podcast, but it was a pleasure. Oh, thank you. We're going to look at social issues when, when there's a fight involved, man. And there's no bigger fight than... Standing up to your boss and be like, no, that's not right. It's, I don't know who is there, you know. Like, you stood up and you stood up for your employees. And, and you were protected by the law and you did what was right, man. And I'd do it again. If there's anything about being a black belt, I mean, that's that's what it's about, man. And just, One day. I'm years and years away from that. But, I mean. Yeah, but black belt's a mentality, bro. It's not. Like, anyone can true. learn stuff. And the, the attitude that you have, that's what it takes to be a black belt, man. And Thank you. You're a black belt in life. Well, or at least you're on your way to being a black belt in life. You're a black belt in union negotiation. I have, I have many friends along the way that would probably disagree with that statement, but right. that's okay. Well, black belt just means you're starting to learn. That's yeah. what a black belt really means. Like you're have, just on a path to learning. I have heard you guys say that before. Yeah, I didn't know how much I didn't know until I was a black belt. All right, man. With that said, 
Let's get out of here. That was Caveman's Corner, Lucas Weinstein. Weinstein. No, no, you got it. You had it right that time. Yeah. You, you flipped it. You flipped it both times. No, you're good, though. It's I've been called Weinstein enough times in my life that it's almost like it's something I would respond to. Yeah. So you're good. I'm sorry, man. I apologize. Bro, you're good. All right. We're out of here. Make sure you click like and subscribe in the bottom if you're still listening. Do it now! <laughs> man, I can't I, I think I, I don't know. I, I've never been on a podcast before, so I don't really have anything mm-hmm. to judge it by. But I get tongue-tied sometimes. Yeah. Like, not like you I did not get tongue-tied once on there, man. You did a great job. Really? Yeah, I think you did good. Blows you say life. like a whole lot, but other than that, it was really good. <laughs> hey, I'm, not, I'm no orator. It's okay. I'm sure I say like a lot. I'm a valley girl at heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's great because I'm still recording. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>